Welcome to Full Scope, a weekly medical podcast designed to teach, inspire, and encourage listeners to question everything they know. I'm your host, Bill Brandenburg. The crazy is real, people. And if you miss part one, personality disorders, go back and check that out. But in part two of The Crazy Inside All of Us, we're going to talk about defense mechanisms. All of us are familiar with stress. Stress is a part of life, and we all have to deal with it. It's kind of interesting in that some people can handle tremendous amounts of stress, while others just seem to really collapse under what seem like simple problems. The reason for this is probably very complicated, multifactorial, and really beyond the scope of this podcast. But what I will say is that there are definitely positive and negative ways of dealing with stress. Some of the positive ways that most of us deal with stress and encourage others to use for their stress include exercising, as well as pursuing creative outlets like music, and dance and sports and then of course just talking to people about our problems can also be really really helpful now all of these tactics that were just listed are are what is done by our conscious minds to help deal with stress but as we learned in psychology class years and years ago the conscious mind is potentially just the tip of the iceberg and underneath our conscious mind is this whole unconscious realm Um, to just go into the unconscious mind a little bit it uh, is something that works automatically Um, it includes things like memories interests motivations and even just how we think our unconscious mind works even when we don't want it to For instance, if somebody has a painful memory, they might want to just hit the delete button and get rid of it so they don't have to deal with it, but that's really not possible. We can't just erase things from our memory. Um, By that same, or, or a different example, is our motivations. We don't really have any control of what actually motivates us. In fact, we just simply are motivated and then our conscious minds tend to act on those motivations. All of us constantly have unacceptable thoughts, emotions, and impulses which would be totally unacceptable to act on. Deep down, we all are just, you know, kind of awful people. Um, We harbor feelings of hating others. We have profound jealousy. We're sexually attracted to people all the time. We've got weird perversions and even much darker thoughts. In order to protect ourselves from these uh, unacceptable thoughts, our brains deploy a number of different tactics to defend our rational minds from the anxiety that these unacceptable thoughts and impulses produce. And we call these tactics, or these uh, defense tactics, defense mechanisms. I've also heard them called uh, coping mechanisms as well. Remember that these defense mechanisms come from our unconscious minds and as a result we generally don't have any control over them and 
most all the time don't even realize what they are or what we're doing. Now, I will say that I believe that by learning about defense mechanisms, our conscious mind can become aware of these unconscious defense mechanisms, and with profound introspection and therapy, we can start to utilize more mature mechanisms over what are more immature mechanisms. Remember that one of the hallmarks of individuals with personality disorders is the recurrent use of immature defense mechanisms. Before we go any further, I want to highlight a general point in that uh, psychiatry, medicine, and even science in general is really based on theories. And these theories are uh, repeatedly demonstrated by our observations and experiments. However, it's possible that they could be wrong and that our fundamental ideas are actually incorrect and that there's some deeper truth which we just haven't discovered yet. But I will say that most therapists, physicians, uh, healthcare practitioners do believe in these defense mechanisms and uh, use them in their practice. Getting into the history of defense mechanisms, I have a feeling that smart people have been recognizing these uh, immature and mature um, coping mechanisms to deal with stress for probably thousands of years. But the first person to really put a definition on them, at least in writing, uh, is Sigmund Freud, who's kind of a, a big figure in the psych realm. I certainly think some of his stuff is really weird and don't know that I agree with it. But these defense mechanisms I see every day in my patients. I pick them out in both uh, my friends, my family, and also in myself. Ooh. There are numerous defense mechanisms which have been described. This podcast is not going to be able to list all of them. On top of that, there are numerous categories of defense mechanisms, but for the purpose of this podcast, I'm going to use just three groups. Those are pathological, immature, and mature defense mechanisms. The most harmful group of defense mechanisms are the pathological defense mechanisms. These mechanisms allow individuals to shape reality in such a way that allows them to avoid harmful and stressful stimuli altogether. This makes it nearly impossible for people using pathological defense mechanisms to actually function in society, and we generally only see them in the insane and the profoundly irrational. We're going to talk about three such pathological defense mechanisms, and they are delusional projection, denial, and distortion. The most interesting one is delusional projection, and these individuals believe that the world is out to get them or persecuting them in some way. As a result of them being persecuted, they are the victims, and this allows them to shape reality in any way that they, they want because they are the victims and they are the ones being persecuted. Denial is when a person refuses to accept external reality entirely. 
entirely. In contrast to someone who's just lying, these people truly believe that a given circumstance did not happen on a conscious level. Now, while they unconsciously probably or do know that it happened, they're able to repress it so deeply that, that they can just outright denial deny something and they truly believe that. Distortion is kind of like an attenuated version of denial where some events are recognized but the parts with bring, which bring anxiety are omitted entirely. I think it becomes very easy to understand why individuals that utilize these defense these pathological defense mechanisms on a regular basis essentially can't even function in society. The next major group of defense mechanisms are the immature defense mechanisms. These are much more common than the pathological defense mechanisms. I see these in people all the time. Many of them are extremely common and actually kind of a normal part of growing up and being a kid. Uh, people who continue to use these immature defense mechanisms on a regular basis tend to have a very difficult time functioning with others in society. But I will say that even very mature individuals will use these immature defense mechanisms from time to time. And while some of them may seem far-fetched or out there, I really encourage you to look out for them. I have seen all of the defense mechanisms utilized that I'm going to list below, and I think if you start to look for them, you will start to see them as well. The first immature defense mechanism is called idealization, and it is when a person perceives another person as having more desirable qualities than they really have. Essentially, they are projecting perfection on another individual. I see this a lot in intimate relationships where one partner just thinks the other partner is absolutely perfect. Now generally eventually they figure out or realize that this isn't actually true and the whole perception just comes crashing down. The next is introjection and introjection is when a person projects positive characteristics of another person onto themselves and this typically happens when a person feels like they are not fit or talented or good enough to perform a certain task and so they in looking at another person that is really good at that task will then kind of introject those qualities onto themselves. An example would be another person in uh, you know, a training program or let's say basic training in the military starting to take on characteristics of someone in the basic training that was doing a really good job. And this can get really weird when the person starts to try to resemble them physically. Uh, the next immature defense mechanism which we're all familiar with is passive-aggressive. Um, this is a term that's commonly utilized in society, but also a, a well-known defense mechanism. Passive aggressiveness occurs when a person who is angry or irritated with another person finds more passive ways of expressing their aggression other than directly confronting the individual they're angry with. A really common way this is manifested 
is avoidance. You know somebody's mad at you, you text them something, and then they wait three days to answer you back. This is really kind of an unconscious defense mechanism. The next is withdrawal. And withdrawal is when a person who had a severe trauma in a given area or situation goes out of their way to avoid that area entirely. A great example is uh, one of my friend's dads who was talking about how he hated a certain ski resort and it was so bad and we were all like, what are you talking about? And then we found out that in, in the divorce, you know, the wife got the house at that ski resort. And so I think it was really more of a, a withdrawal defense mechanism rather than a truly not liking the quality of skiing at that resort. Uh, the next immature defense mechanism is social comparisons. And this is when an individual takes a more favorable view of themselves by comparing themselves to another group or individual which they perceive as inferior. When I hear social comparisons, I really think about racism. And I think that really racism is probably this gigantic defense mechanism where people try to feel better about themselves by comparing themselves to another race which on a population you know they're all their friends and stuff and their whole group perceives as inferior so it's kinda like a group defense mechanism in a way um, that could probably be talked about much more but uh, let's move on regression is when a person reverts back to an earlier stage of development due to stress. This is extremely common in kids. You'll see, you know, a 10-year-old get sick, they haven't wet the bed in, you know, five years, and then that night they'll wet the bed and then they'll wake up crying and, and, and it's just uh, behavior that you haven't seen in years. I personally will regress at times myself. What I notice is that when I'm in the hospital and things get really busy and crazy, I kind of start to regress back to when I wasn't as familiar with the hospital system and the computer system. I find myself starting to ask nurses and other staff members to help me with stuff. And I really believe that that is another uh, kind of manifestation of regression. Um, the next immature defense mechanism is acting out. This is a... a another word for a temper tantrum. We see kids throw temper tantrums all this time. You know, everyone's familiar with the surgeon that's yelling and screaming in the operating room. Um, acting out is something most of us are pretty familiar with and it can be a pretty devastating um, thing to a group that you're working with. I saw a recent publication or heard about one in JAMA kind of looking at these bad behaviors and outbursts and then actually linking them to adverse outcomes in patient care. I will say that as a physician at rural hospitals, I am kind of a leader of a care team, you know, which uh, can consists of pharmacists, nurses, therapists, uh, and a bunch of other staff. And the way I conduct myself really carries down through the entire group. And I'll say that, you know, even if you're not acting out, but you're using a lot of immature defense mechanisms, your team is going to suffer. And when the team suffers, 
care suffers overall. I think it's really cool that people are studying this, but it's one of those things that we don't really need a research study for. We know that, that having a boss or, or working with someone that utilizes immature defense mechanisms regularly is hard to work with and results in adverse outcomes for the task at hand. Okay, back to immature defense mechanisms. The next is projection, and this is when an individual has characteristics or traits which are too anxiety-provoking for them to see in themselves, so they project them onto other people. A good example is a person that always thinks they're right going around and telling everyone else, you always think you're right, don't you? The next immature defense mechanism is fantasy. This is when an individual kind of escapes into a fantasy land in their own mind whenever they have stress or hardship. This is another one that we commonly see in kids and they often grow out of. Okay, the next two um, immature defense mechanisms are really interesting to me. They are somatization and conversion. Somatization is when a person takes their anxiety and stress and then ma manifests them in the form of real bodily pain. And we call that somatization. This stuff comes up all the time in medicine. We see abdominal pain, sexual organ pain, pain with intercourse, headaches, and then we do these big workups over and over again. And really what we need to do is start talking with them more about stress and mental health. I'll say that this can be extremely difficult, but if done well, it can be so helpful for people. What I tend to do is I first explain to people this deep and profound connection between the mind and the body, and that makes it kind of sets the groundwork for that, okay, this isn't something fake. These things are truly attached, and they're not separable. The mind and body are not readily separable. Uh, the next, like we were saying, is conversion. And this is when a person has a stress that they manifest as a real neurologic symptom. This can sometimes come out as numbness, weakness, blindness, deafness. These are people who come in and we're worried they're having a stroke. We're activating a stroke on people, and then the next day that arm that was completely numb is totally resolved. I think another form of conversion that we don't often think about, but that I'm going to throw in, is the non-epileptic seizures. I think that the non-epileptic seizures, formerly known as pseudo-seizures, are really kind of a conversion reaction. People are taking stress and manifesting them as this real neurologic issue of, of epilepsy. Um, so those are some really interesting medical stuff that come up all the time and, and you absolutely need to know about and think about whenever you're treating a patient with nerve or pain issues. The next immature defense mechanism is repression. This is something that most of us are familiar with. It's when someone takes a, a memory or, an, or, or a harmful event and buries it deep down inside, so much so that their conscious mind really isn't aware of it a lot of the time. But when triggered, these memories can come out and, and result in kind of a breakdown. The next immature defense mechanism is intellectualization. And this is when a person focuses on intellectual details 
and completely separates themselves from emotional aspects. An example would be a, a rapist explaining a rape that he did in exquisite detail, but not expressing any emotion at all. The next immature defense mechanism is dissociation. We talked a little bit about dissociation, I think, when we talked about borderline personality disorder in the last, or in part one of this podcast. And that is when a person removes themselves from their identity and their body. People describe this feeling of, of being totally outside their body, and it's kind of a way for them to escape from stress just by fully removing themselves from them, themselves, which is just fascinating. Um, the final immature defense mechanism that I'm going to talk about here is called reaction formation. And this is when a person who has an unacceptable desire, which they perceive as dangerous, acts on the exact opposite of that desire. I think a really sad example of this is probably back in the day and even now, some of the people that are aggressively going after homosexuality being themselves homosexuals. Um, another example is uh, a spouse that is uh, kind of pre really wants to cheat on their other spouse and being really uh, lovey-dovey all the time and just trying to stay really close to their spouse. Um, that's another kind of example of reaction formation. There are many more immature defense mechanisms, many, many more than we could list. And I'm sure that if you thought hard about it, you could probably invent immature defense mechanisms of your own. Okay, so we've talked about pathological defense mechanisms, which include delusional projection, denial and distortion. We've talked about immature defense mechanisms, which include idealization, introjection, passive-aggressive behavior, withdrawal, social comparisons, aka racism, regression, acting out, projection, fantasy, somatization, conversion, including non-epileptic seizures, repression, intellectualization, dissociation, and reaction formation. All of these things, if used frequently, will result in an individual having negative relationships with the people around them. It's really hard to work with people and live with people that utilize immature and pathologic defense mechanisms. As stated initially, all of us constantly have unacceptable thoughts, unacceptable emotions, and unacceptable impulses which would simply be unacceptable to act on. So, if we can't use immature and pathological defense mechanisms to deal with these unacceptable uh, impulses, what are we supposed to do? And the answer is to utilize what are called mature defense mechanisms. Now, mature defense mechanisms are considered healthy because we have to have some way to get this stuff out. I mean, we're people, we hold all this stress, our unconscious minds are, are you know, 
going crazy all the time, they have to have some sort of outlet. And the best way to get things out is by the use of mature defense mechanisms. These defense mechanisms are often utilized by mature individuals that are generally considered virtuous. Um, they allow us to balance positive and negative feelings of stress in positive ways that benefit both us, the people around us, as well as the greater society. People who utilize mature defense mechanisms will find welcome and respect from other mature members of the greater society. The first mature defense mechanism is altruism. This is when a person harnesses the negative stress, emotions, and impulses inside and manifests them through service to others and the environment. Essentially, one unconsciously feels remorse for the bad deep inside. They then counteract the bad by doing good for others. Not only is this mature, it just also makes a lot of sense to me. We've got all these bad thoughts and impulses deep inside us, and in order to, to justify them, we just try to do right by others and the people around us. The next mature defense mechanism is humor. And this is when we talk about something or express something that would normally bring severe anxiety in a roundabout way using wit or humor. A good example is somebody who misses a really easy question on a test and then kind of just makes jokes all day about how they're such a big idiot. Um, this is a really positive way of dealing with stuff. It brings laughter to others and allows us to deal with uh, stressful situations and mistakes we made. Um, the next positive or mature defense mechanism is sublimation. This is when a person transforms negative impulses or urges into healthy, more acceptable outlets. A great example is someone who has a lot of aggression and instead of getting in fights, they participate in contact sports or boxing or something else like that to, to let their anger out as opposed to uh, starting bar fights and uh, assaulting people. The final mature defense mechanism we're going to talk about is suppression. And suppression is certainly something that would be negative if utilized for a long period of time. But what it really is, is it's a, it's kind of not, maybe it's not really a defense mechanism, but it's a, a decision made consciously to delay dealing with a stressful situation until a more appropriate time. In the hospital, this is something I do all the time you know, somebody dies or has a really negative health outcome and I'm not really able to just stop my day or stop being, seeing patients to deal with it emotionally. So you just kind of tuck it away and then after your shift, you, you bring it back out and you appropriately deal with it at that time. So to recap the mature defense mechanisms, there is altruism, humor, sublimation, and suppression and I will say that there are many 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 other positive ways of dealing with stress from an unconscious level okay those are defense or coping mechanisms I promise that if you start to look for these you will see them all around 
if you are very honest with yourself, you'll start to see both immature and mature defense mechanisms uh, performed by yourself. I think that it is very possible that with profound reflection, people can become aware of their negative or immature defense mechanisms and using their conscious mind can kind of, uh, I don't know, um, change their immature defense mechanisms into more mature defense mechanisms. I think this is something that's really difficult. You'll find when you bring up defense mechanisms to other people, they're going to be usually very unhappy with you. But I think if you truly care about someone, it's something that can be very positive to bring to their attention because it's probably causing a lot of negative, a lot of negativity with their interpersonal relationships and if they were more aware of it they could potentially change it and potentially have more meaningful uh, interpersonal relationships with others. Okay, uh, that is Defense Mechanisms. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Full Scope Podcast. You can find a lecture summary, key points, and any references on our website, fullscope.org. Additionally, this is the official podcast of Wonder Medicine PLLC, a for-profit medical clinic located in Boise, Idaho. As Carly and I own the clinic and draw revenue from it, we thought we should uh, d disclose it as a conflict of interest. Disclaimer alert! It's a trap! The Full Scope podcast was designed and created for educational purposes only. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or provide clinical knowledge specific to the care of any actual patient or population of patients. If you are in need of medical advice or treatment, contact a physician. The views and opinions portrayed on Full Scope are Dr. Brandenburg's. They do not represent the views or opinions of Wander Medicine Clinic, any of the academic institutions mentioned on the Full Scope podcast or website, or any of the hospitals which Dr. Brandenburg has or currently works at.